welcome again to all of you here today. Uh, over the next month or so here at St. Peter's, and you're really welcome to catch up online if you're from further afield, we're going to be reveling, if you like, in the resurrection. Like I said at the beginning, some people think that Easter is just a day, but for Christians it's kind of like a whole season. You get 50 days worth of Easter, so on every Sunday for the next month or so, we're going to be looking at maybe a different part of what the resurrection means. Jesus coming back to life from the dead. We're going to be looking at it almost from different angles, you might say. And I hope that ultimately we're reveling in it for every day of the rest of our lives, because this event has changed the world unlike any other. This one single weekend when Jesus died and was buried and rose to life again has changed the world more than any other weekend could ever and has ever. And so we don't want to rush on from the empty tomb, we want to linger around it and pray that we might understand more of what it means for us here and now. To do that we're going to read through the last sections of John's Gospel, the end of chapter 20 and then chapter 21, looking at different encounters that were had around the resurrection or after the resurrection, seeing what Jesus had to say and who he went to visit and what impact it made on them. And we're praying that as we do that, this same impact might be had on us. There are going to be some recurring themes, there are going to be some things which I'll say more than once, but that's just because we're staying on one topic. And we believe that by hearing this message again and again and again, we're going to learn something new about it and take more and more of it on into our lives. The Bible itself in 1 Corinthians says this, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. The Bible itself says that if the resurrection didn't happen, or if it was a hoax, or if something else happened that we can't quite put our finger on, if the resurrection isn't real, if Jesus wasn't truly dead and then truly alive, our faith, following Jesus, is futile. This event really is so important that we can build the rest of our life and our faith on it. You might say that if Christ hasn't been raised from the dead, it's not achieving anything to follow him now. If Christ wasn't really dead and then alive, what he said about himself isn't true. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. So if this didn't happen, then he's a liar. And we shouldn't bother to follow him with our lives. If Jesus is not now alive, having burst through the shackles of death that were placed around him, then we can't break free from all that holds us back from following him now and forever. The good news is that Jesus was raised from the dead and our faith in him can achieve everything. He was resurrected, he proved true everything that he said about himself there and everywhere else. He's faithful to his promises, as we've already sung today. He is alive, breaking the shackles that held him down and breaking through everything that would hold us back from following him. So we're going to read now from John chapter 20. If you've got a Bible on your phone or a physical one, you might want to follow along. If not, I'll read it for us. We're going to read exactly the same passage that we read last week. John 20, verses 1 to 18. And I'm going to explain one thought from it, which I hope is going to be an encouragement. John chapter 20, beginning at verse 1, says this. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. 
So Peter and the other disciple started for the two. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. I want to ask you today, have you ever gotten yourself involved with something or someone and then realise that you've also got yourself involved with all sorts of other things that come with them? Do you understand what I'm saying? Have you ever got involved with someone and then realised that they're kind of a package deal and some other things come along with them too? Maybe I'll give you an example. Maybe you've got involved in a company and it all sounded great in the pitch, but then as soon as you've invested, you realise there's actually loads wrong with it on the inside. Maybe you bought a house and it all looked great and then you got inside and realised there were loads of problems and things that you needed to do. Maybe you married someone and said those words, all that I have, I share with you, and then realised that that also meant a load of their debt or that one piece of clothing that you really can't stand and accidentally ended up in a washing machine malfunction which meant it could never be worn again. Sometimes we get involved with things, don't we, and other things kind of come with them. I'll give you an example from my life. I once lived in a house share. There were four of us in this house and the owner was also there. He just bought this house and was renting it kind of to the other three of us. And he wanted to kind of set it up because that was going to be his house going forward. So he did this massive online shop. You know the kind that you might do with a wedding list or something like that. So he was getting plates and crockery and mugs and tea towels and kettles and those gizmos that you can never quite work out what they do, but they seem like a good idea in the moment. He was kitting this house out proper. Didn't have anything to start with, didn't bring anything with him. So he did this huge online shop. So they pulled all these things together and then arrange for a delivery date. 
And it just so happened that on this delivery day, I was the only one in the house. Everyone else was working or out, and they weren't going to be back anytime soon. So we get this knock on the door and let these people in, and box after box after box comes into the house, gets piled up in the kitchen. And then I sign for it, and they leave. And I just turn around and can barely get from one side of the room to the other because of all this stuff that my friend has bought to kit this house out. And then, a bit like a kid at Christmas, I got to tear into these boxes to see what he'd bought, to see what he'd chosen, to start putting things away. No one else was going to be back for ages. And I got to enjoy all these benefits of things that I hadn't paid for, and yet I was getting to enjoy. It was amazing, unpacking all this stuff that I hadn't paid for. The bill didn't come to me, you might say, but the joy of it did. If anything was wrong, he was the one that was going to have to sort it out. And yet I got to open it like a kid on Christmas morning, looking at all this amazing stuff and starting to put it away. At the end of the passage that I just read to you, the disciples having seen the empty tomb, Jesus isn't there anymore. The last time we saw him go in, he was dead. And now there's no one in there. Has someone taken him? Is he alive again? We don't know what's happened. Mary comes and walks in and sees there's no body in there. And yet two days ago there was a body. What on earth is going on? But then she sees these two angels guarding the tomb. And then she turns around and sees Jesus himself. And he calls her name like we looked at last week, Mary. And in that moment she knew that everything that Jesus had said, all of his promises, all of his goodness was true because he said, I'm going to be killed but I will come back to you. And in that moment, she knew that it was true for herself. At the end of this passage, after all of that, Jesus sends Mary with these words. Go to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. You see, the thing is, when you get involved with Jesus... You get a share in everything that belongs to him. Just like I got involved with my friend and got a share in this bounty that he just bought. When you get involved with Jesus, you get a share of everything that belongs to him. So when he says, I'm going to my father and your father, I'm going to my God and your God, I don't have any right to a relationship with God. I don't get to call him my father except through Jesus. And Jesus here is saying the relationship that I have with God my father, the goodness that I experience in him, I'm going to give you a share in that for yourself. When you get involved with Jesus, you get a share in everything that belongs to him, in everything that he is. Notice here that Jesus calls the people his brothers and Mary his sister. These aren't just friends, they're not acquaintances, they're not people that he doesn't really care much for. He's willing to say, I am of the same family as you. You can be my brother, you can be my sister, if you'll come and be united with me. And the same is true of us here today. Jesus invites you and Jesus invites me into a relationship with him where we can call him brother, where we can call God our God, and we can call the Father our Father. When we get involved with Jesus, we get a share in everything that he is. 
and everything that he has. When you're involved with Jesus, God the Father becomes your father. Jesus becomes your brother. And the goodness of the inheritance that he has, all of his glory, heaven to come, and the reality of his presence here and now, all of that gets given to you. Nothing second rate. This isn't a timeshare. You get him a bit, but you can't have all of him. Everything that Jesus has, he now puts on the table before you and invites you to come and take from yourself. The bill, the payment, if you like, goes to Jesus. And he said on the cross, I'll take that from you. The bill for those things wasn't given to me, it was given to my friend. And Jesus takes that from us, all of the stuff that we've done wrong, all the stuff that we don't like about ourselves, all the things that we really wish we'd made better decisions in, big and small, past and present and future. All of that is given to Jesus and he says, I'll pay for it. I'll sort that out. I'll take that on me and went to the cross in order to put all that stuff to death and then in its place having given Jesus all of our mess he gives us all of his glory all of his goodness all of his love all of his healing all of his power all of his victory everything good that he has he puts on the table before us and says enjoy some people have called this the great exchange where we give God our brokenness, we give him our sin, we come dirty into the waters of baptism and he leaves us clean. He takes it on himself and he gives us what we don't deserve because of his incredible love for us. If you know Jesus today, then I hope that this is filling you with joy. I hope that this is the reason that you've come to worship today. And maybe there's a way that you need to re-engage with it. To say, Jesus, if you've really given me all of this, if you've given me a share in your resurrection, if you've given me the ability to call God my father, just as he is your father, then I don't want to leave anything on the table. I don't want to play around in the puddles when there's an ocean of your goodness to delve into. And maybe today you want to worship him for that and ask for more of the reality of the resurrection to be made true in your life. Equally, there might be people here today who don't know Jesus, who wouldn't say that they follow him, they don't know much about him, but are hearing about this great exchange for the very first time. That you can give Jesus all your brokenness, all your mess, all that stuff that you can't tidy up in yourself. And he takes it from you. He puts it on the cross and he kills it on your behalf. And instead, in its place, he gives you his spirit his goodness, his love, his power, his peace, his hope, his joy, and so much more. That's the offer that is on the table here today because the resurrection is true. And if you want in, if you want this to be true in your life, all you need to say to Jesus is please take everything that's wrong in me on yourself. I turn away from it and instead invite you to fill me with your spirit and lead me into all those good things that you've got. I want your Father to be my Father. I want your God to be my God. Please make that true in me. And every time that prayer is prayed with sincerity in our hearts, Jesus comes and does exactly what he's promised. Takes all of our brokenness and exchanges it for his healing. Takes all of our despair and exchanges it 
for his hope. Takes all of our being at the end of ourselves, tired and weary, and gives us his strength and his power to move forward in. If you don't know Jesus today and want that to be true for you, we're going to pray in a moment and you can opt in, if you like, in your heart. You can say yes to that offer from Jesus. We've seen it through the words of baptism. We've heard it in the words of scripture. And today, now, the opportunity to respond is yours. So let's take a moment now to pray. You might want to close your eyes to rid yourself of distractions and be free of thinking about what's going on around you for a little while. You might want to enjoy the quiet and the peace and just take a moment to think, what's my response to this? What's my part? If Jesus is in front of me here and now in response to everything that he said, what do I want to say in return? And maybe, just maybe, without having to say anything to anybody else, there are some people here today who'd love to have their brokenness exchanged for God's healing. Their sin exchanged for God's cleanness. Their being at the end of themselves replaced with God's power. What I'm going to do is, whilst we've still got our eyes closed and I was really thinking about what's going on around them, I'm going to pray a prayer and I invite you just to repeat that prayer back in your heart. Maybe you want to make the words your own a little. But just pray that back and trust that in so praying, in so asking, God will respond in love towards you. So if this is you, I'm going to pray a prayer and invite you to repeat it back quietly in your heart, trusting that God is making good everything that we're asking him now. God, my Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that on the cross you took away all my sin and brokenness. Please take that from me now. And in its place, give me your cleansing, your wholeness, your power and your joy. Fill me with your Holy Spirit now to live the rest of my life for you.